Well, amen, amen. Welcome to each and every one of you. Welcome home. Welcome to the family. Shout out to our campuses out at Webster, our online campus, and our Rochester campus. It is great to be here with you. And you know what's interesting is, right, we, we had all summer long, and yet we had to wait till September to get some good old-fashioned 90-degree days. It was a hot, or a hot September start. I don't know what's happening today, but it's obviously changed. But I don't know what it is. It was so hot in the first couple days of September, I just can't seem to get like the 90 degree weather out of my body. I'm just walking around sweating everywhere. I don't know, anybody else hot today? Like the, 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 the I don't know if it's light. So I have a, a solution. Hold on a second. I'm gonna just real quickly, the only person who will enjoy this is probably my wife, but oh yeah, <laughs> I feel so much better. Y'all knew that had to be coming, right? Come on, it's the start of the NFL Sunday, right? It's a great day. Got any Bills fans in the house? Okay. All right, I hear you, I hear you, I hear you. Anyway, I love Northridge Church because it's a family. We can have fun together, we can laugh together, we can talk about football together, but most importantly, we can dig into scripture together. And so thanks for being here. Welcome to Northridge Church. And you know, summer is officially over, right? School has started, our schedules are getting busier and busier. And let's be honest, most of us wish we could just go back to Labor Day. Right, because Labor Day is that holiday that we kind of take everything that we didn't get to do in summer and cram it into that last weekend because we know what's coming. And I would suggest probably all of us over the Labor Day weekend that one day or another we got together with family or friends, we cooked some good food, we maybe tried to get near some water, a beach, whatever it was, and yet in all of the chaos of Labor Day, and all the people that we were around, and all the activities that we did, I wonder how many of us actually just paused and actually connected with someone. Where we actually had a conversation that went beyond the small talk of our day. Right, beyond like, hey, NFL's coming up, or what shopping have you done, or what's going on in your life. I wonder how many of us, when we were asked that question, how are you doing? We actually told people how we were really doing, rather than saying, oh, you know what, I'm, I'm good. Right? How many of us actually connected with someone else? Here's what I've learned about our society and our culture and us. We are busier than ever. Right? Our schedules are, are packed full, even in summer, right? We have leeway in our calendar, and we just fill it up and fill it up. We're around people, we're busier than ever, and yet we're less connected with people than ever. Our lives are, are full of unnecessary things at the expense of necessary ones. Our lives are full with good things at the expense of the best thing. In fact, I would suggest that maybe the most connected relationship we have is with our cell phone. We have more online friends than we've ever had, and yet for some reason we feel more isolated and lonely than ever before. And maybe that's why we're asking the question, why are my relationships not working? Why, why is my marriage not thriving? Why do I struggle with my parents or my boss or my coworker? Why does it seem in my dating relationships, I just can't seem to get it right? Why aren't things working? 
Well, I've got great news. Over the next four weeks, we're going to be in a series called My Relationships are falling apart. And what we're going to do is we're just going to talk about what God says about our relationships, why they're important fundamentally. How do we handle conflict in a God-honoring way? And so for the next four weeks, we're going to dive into relationships because we all have them. And maybe I'm describing you where you look at your life and you're like, man, yeah, my relationships aren't working. Right? I, I can't seem to get along with my friends. I, I can't seem to get my, my boyfriend or girlfriend on the same page as me. My marriage is hanging on by a thread. Why, is our, why are our relationships not working? Well, I would suggest maybe one of the major reasons why our relationships are falling apart is because we lack the right relationships. You see, don't hear me wrong. I'm not saying the relationships that you have are the wrong ones. I'm just saying as people, we need certain relationships in our life that go beyond the surface that will help every other relationship that we have. In fact, I would say like this, if you lack the right relationships, it will hurt every other relationship that you have. And so in this series, as we look at our relationships, I'm gonna start with what I think is the solution to many of the problems we have in relationships. It's getting the right relationships that will impact all our other relationships. Because when we lack real relationships, it leads us to places that we never want to go. When we lack the right relationships, oftentimes what we feel is lonely, isolated. And when we're lonely and when we're isolated, we often struggle with worry and anxiety and fear. We often feel like we're in a dark place struggling with depression. And I probably described many of us today. In fact, if you you don't believe me, let's just look at some stats. Did you know in uh, in America, 36% of all Americans, and in that 36%, we're including 61% of young adults and 51% of mothers with young children, they say that they feel serious loneliness. 43% of young adults, now we would all label young adults as the most connected people, right? Young adults are always out at the party. They're always hanging out. They're always together. But yet somehow 43% of young adults say that their loneliness has increased since the pandemic. 58% of Americans say they don't believe someone knows them well in their life. Think about that. Think about how sad that is. That one out of two, one out of two, everybody sitting in our auditoriums and and in your homes today, one out of two Americans feel like they don't have somebody in their life that cares enough to actually know them. Did you know that in, in the United States in May this year, the U.S. Surgeon General declared a loneliness epidemic in America? And we wonder why Our relationships are falling apart. They're not working. We must be doing something wrong because we feel more lonely and isolated than ever. Why? What's the solution? Well, I think we have to learn to allow the right relationships into our lives because when we have the right relationships in our lives, it changes everything. But what are the right relationships? Well, I would suggest the right relationships are ones that push beyond the surface, that talk about things that actually matter in our lives. I would suggest that the right relationships are friends who will talk with you about the things that you don't really want to talk about. I believe the right relationships are relationships that are a safe place for you to connect at a deeper level. And here's what's crazy, is that's the way God 
designed us. If you got your Bibles, you can go to the book of Genesis. Genesis, right? And if you don't know your Bible at all, Genesis is the very first book of your Bible. And the word Genesis just simply means origin or beginnings because that's what the book is all about. In fact, as you experience life and you experience the world, what you will notice is that at Northridge Church, we believe that all that we experience in life didn't happen by some accident. We believe that there was an intelligent designer. In fact, the very first words of the book of Genesis are in the beginning, God created You see, we believe God intelligently created the world that we know. And he did it in Genesis chapter one. There's an account, right? God created. He spoke into existence light and land and sea, the galaxies, the sun, the moon, the stars, the the plants, the, the animals, the creatures. And then he ended with his most beautiful masterpiece, humanity. God created Adam, and as he created Adam in a perfect world, fundamentally, he said something that was true about you and I. Look what he says in Genesis chapter 2. It says, the Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. Right? At the core of who we are, we are not good in isolation, God says. And when the creator says something about the created, we should probably pay attention. Let me put it to you like this. Let's say you bought a brand new car. And you're like, this thing is amazing. I I love it. I can't wait to drive it. And so you drive it. And for the first two weeks, it's amazing. But you get in your car and something seems wrong. Like there's just something wrong with it and you kind of do a little research and you think you know what's wrong, but to be sure, you, you don't take it back to the shop. You take it back to the manufacturer, the people who built the car. And you take it back and they look at it and they say, oh, we found the problem. The the issue is your problem is different than their problem. But it would be weird for you to argue with them because they have the blueprints. They have the designs. You don't. And yet many of us, when it comes to God, we look at our lives and we think we know better even though God created us. Right? And so God says to us, it's not good for you to be alone. And yet here's what we do with this passage. We interpret it poorly. Because we think, okay, we we know how the story goes, right? Adam's alone, and so God creates Eve. They get married, and so we think that the solution to our loneliness is marriage, right? And some of you single people here today, you're still buying that lie. That you think like, hey, if I would just get married, I'd find Mr. Right or Mrs. Right. All my problems would go away. And yet, there's 50% of us here today who are married, and we're like, no, 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 no. That's not how it works. Because people with problems who meet people with problems, you do the rest, okay? And we know that in Adam and Eve's scenario, right? They got together, they got married, and it didn't go the way they thought it was going to go. But fundamentally, what God is teaching us in this passage is that we were made to live in relationships. And I'm not talking about just surface level relationships. I'm talking about we were made to have friendships that go beyond the surface of the way we live, that go beyond we're good. And that's why here at Northridge Church, we love community groups. It's why we will annoy you to death to get outside of the the rows of our auditoriums into the circles, into the homes of people who will know you and care about you. It's why we say all the time, life, your life and my life is better connected with people. It's why we say, hey, if you want to grow spiritually, I'm assuming a lot of us are here because we want to grow closer to God. Well, that won't happen without relationships. 
But I would say it as strongly as God says it. That we as Christians, we have no biblical excuse to live outside of community. We have no biblical excuse to live outside of relationships. We need the right ones in our life because it will affect all our other relationships. So how do we know if we have them? Well, let's talk about the relationships that we can have in our life. You see, researchers have researched uh, relationships for years. And here's what they've narrowed it down, that all of us have about four types of relationships in our life. And what's interesting about these four types of relationships is you actually see them in Jesus's life. He's our model. We follow his example. And so let's talk about these four types of relationships. The first one is called a public relationship. Right, these are relationships with commonalities or outside experiences. Right, the public relationship is usually like the big crowd. Let me put it to you like this. I know you guys will get this illustration, right? On Monday night, the Bills play the Jets. I know you guys are ready for that. Come on, right? Who's ready? And I know that game is at New York, okay? But let's say for some reason, today someone says, hey, I can't go. I'd like to give you tickets, And so you go to the the game and you're in the sea of this disgusting dark green of the Jets fans. But all of a sudden, as you sit in that stadium, you catch out of the corner of your eye someone wearing Bill's Mafia gear. And you're like, I don't know who that person is. I don't know their name, but I love them. (laughs) That's a public relationship, okay? Right? That's... The crowd, right? Jesus had these type of relationships in his life. Mark chapter 3, it says Jesus withdrew with his disciples to the lake. And guess what? A large crowd followed him. Right? Jesus was popular with people. That doesn't mean he invested all of his time with this large crowd. No, it was a public relationship to him. The second type of relationship gets a little bit smaller. It's called a social relationship. These are first impression relationships. This is like your neighbor that you know their name. You might even know a couple things about their life, but you don't really know them. It's like the Starbucks barista or baristo that you go to, let's be honest, a little too much. And you go in there, you're like, yo, Sarah, yo, John, I'll take the usual. And they know your coffee drink. They know your name, but that's pretty much the extent of it. It's a social relationship. Jesus had those in his life as well. They're called the 72. Look at Luke chapter 10. It says, after this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of them to every town and place where he was about to go. And so Jesus knew the names of the 72. He appointed them, but he didn't invest a lot of his time with them. They were social relationships. And when it comes to our relationships in our life, here's the reality. Most of us, we like to stay with public and social. You want to know why? Because they don't take much investment from us. We don't have to be real with those people. And we like to keep things at the surface because the reality is, as much as we need the right relationships, we don't want to be vulnerable with people. And so we stay at the surface level, but we go to the next type of relationship, which I believe is the right relationship that you need in your life. It's called a personal relationship. These are relationships where you share share private experiences with people. This is like your family and your close friends. For Jesus, this was the 12 disciples. Jesus, in his ministry, he picked 12 guys to do life with regularly. 12 guys who, when he was struggling, would encourage him, pray for him. 12 guys, when he was celebrating, they would celebrate with him. 
And these are the type of relationships that we need in our life. I actually believe this is the the gap where we don't have a lot of in our life. The last type of relationship is called an intimate relationship. This is the closest relationships that you have. Honestly, many people don't ever get to an intimate relationship with someone. This could be a spouse, an accountability partner for Jesus. It was Peter, James, and John. Out of the 12 disciples, Jesus picked three guys that he did things with that nobody else got to experience. In fact, look at Matthew chapter 17. It says, after six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, and he led them up a high mountain by themselves. And so as you look at at this gamut of relationships, right, it goes from big crowd all the way down to very few people. And a study out of the University of Kansas said it takes a lot of hours just to get to casual friend, right? Do you realize that it takes 50 hours, 50 hours of your life socializing with that person to go from an acquaintance to just a casual friend? Then you have to add 40 more hours to go from a casual friend to a real friend. And then it takes 200 hours of investment and time to go from a real friend to a best friend. And honestly, that's why many of us, our relationships are falling apart because we don't want to take the time to express ourselves, to tell the truth with someone, to find a trusted friend that we can get on a personal level with. And one of the ways that we solve that loneliness problem in our society through our church is through our community groups. If you don't know what a community group is, it's just simple. We have around 12 to 15 people gather at a home and we eat some good snacks and we talk about life. We pray for one another. We we try to help them apply God's word to their lives. And here's the reality of our groups, so I want to set the expectation clear, right? Most of our groups will be comprised, comprised of social and personal relationships, right? I don't want you to think if you go to group this week, you're going to find your best friend forever, right? You're going to make bracelets and anklets, and it's going to be awesome. No, the reality is, is our groups start as social relationships, where you're meeting new people and over the time of the trimester and the next trimester, as you open up and as you share your story and your life and they do the same thing, it would grow from a social to a personal relationship where you got people in your life who care for you, pray for you. And the reason why we believe these are the right relationships for your life is because of the purpose behind them. You see, our groups exist fourfold. The first one is simply to apply the Bible through application. Right, a place to take the truth of God and allow it to transform your life. Because let's be honest, how many of us have tried to change and it didn't work? And the truth is, is most of the times when we try to change and it doesn't work, it's because we try to change by ourselves. The reality is, is you want to change, you want to look more like Christ, you're going to have to have people in your life who are going to push you and challenge you and hold you accountable to the change that you want. A second purpose behind our groups is to build relationships. Just a a place to experience the community of God. A place where you can get together with people, eat some good food, have some hangouts, and just chill and be together. That's how relationships begin. It's just time together to build those relationships. The the third purpose behind our groups is to care for one another. Right? People to walk with you through the highs and the lows of life. Because we all know this to be true. Life can be amazing. 
In certain moments, like you can't get any better where you celebrate and you rejoice and you want to do that with the people you love, the people closest to you. And we also know that in life, it can get really hard. The struggle can be real. We can grieve and mourn and lament and we also need people to do that with us. The peaks and the valleys of life, people to care for you through those. But then there's another aspect of group that I think we often miss. It's the missional focus. It's a place to remind you why we're really here in the first place, why our church exists. You see, we do groups because we want our groups to change our city. We want our groups to change our world, our community, right? It reminds us that I'm here to saturate the greater Rochester area with the gospel. And here's what I know in my own life and probably many of your lives. When I go to group, the first thing I'm thinking is what am I gonna get out of this? How can this benefit my life? And the reality is, is for some of us, we need group. We need group to be our community. But for many of us who've been to group, have been going to group, we need not to get community. We need to give it to other people. That God will use us in that group to serve somebody else for the sake of the gospel. And so can I ask you, God says, man, we shouldn't be alone. Are you doing life in isolation? Do you find yourself lonely? So let me challenge you today as we begin this relationship series and as we get ready to start a trimester of community groups, I wanna challenge people in different areas today. These challenges are gonna hit everybody based off of where you are. Some of you, you're, you're, you're new to Northridge, right? You've been coming maybe a couple weeks, a couple months, and you've been coming during the summer season and we, our groups take a break. But you would say, this, this is my church home, right? This is my family. And so I would challenge you to try out a group, right? To find a group that fits your family's, you as an individual's needs. And let me take the pressure off, right? You might go to a group next week and be like, that wasn't for me. That's okay. Not every group is for you. That's why we have a lot of different groups, So if you try one and it doesn't work out, that's okay. Go to the next one until you find one that fits your needs. That leads me to my next group. Some of you tried a group. You went once and you were like, nah, thanks Drew. Love that you guys do that. Not for me. I'm gonna challenge you to try group again. Right, how many of us in things in our life, we get it on the first time, right? Like a lot of things that are valuable and worth something in life, we've got to work for Right? If you go to a doctor and the doctor isn't what you want, you don't give up on every other doctor in the world. I certainly hope you don't, at least. You're going to need a doctor at some point. Well, that's the same with group. Right? Maybe you had a bad experience. Can I just say, man, I'm incredibly sorry for that. That's not what we want here at Northridge Church. But try out a group again. God can use it in your life, whether it's for community or for you to give it to somebody else. The third group of people I want to challenge is the people who, many of us, are in groups and we go regularly. We love our community group. And can I just remind you and challenge you that group isn't all about you. You realize that, yes, we want you to have a safe community where you can grow, but we also want you to provide that for somebody else. And so maybe this this trimester, God's just calling you to serve somebody else and not yourself. The last group I want to talk to is a bunch of you who've you've gone to group, you've been blessed by group, and maybe a leader of that group invested in you. And let's be honest, it's time for you to, to raise the bar maybe and just start leading a group. Let me tell you a problem we have at Northridge Church from a leadership perspective. 
right? Last year, God really blessed our church. We grew by about 500 people over the last year. We have 500 more people coming to our church than we did a year ago. It's amazing, praise the Lord. But here's the problem. Yeah, we can clap, praise God. But can I tell you, we are not in it to grow a big church. I don't wake up every day and say, you know what? I can't wait to have a huge church. You know what? I wake up every day. I can't wait to see God work in people's lives. And if that means we have a big church, praise the Lord. But as we grow, it it puts a responsibility on my shoulders to say, hey, how can we care for the people God is sending us? And the way we do that is through a family. A family of people who are willing to lead a group, open their home to say, hey, you don't have community. I'll provide it for you. That's who we are as a church, and that's what a family does. And so I'm gonna ask everybody to do one thing for me right now. Everybody grab their cell phones. I know you got them. Grab your cell phones out. Come on, you get to use it in church. I'm giving you freedom to do that, okay? It's okay. Grab your cell phone, go to Safari, go to Chrome or whatever you use, and you'll see on the screen, go to a website. It's Iwant.info. Iwant.info. Type it into your banner. I'm going to give you some time to do this, so let me just walk you through what we're going to do. As you make your way there, you'll see a page, uh, in the gray area, it talks about community groups, and there is a button that says community groups. You just click it. Everybody, click that button, and what we're going to ask you to do is just fill out your information. We're not going to give it to anybody. Tell us what campus you go to, and then there's three selections. For some of you, you need to find a group. Just click that button. We'll follow up with you. We'll help you find the right group. Some of you, you're ready to lead a group. Great news is we're not signing you up to lead a group. You're just saying you're interested in learning more. Or for the vast majority of us, maybe it's just to engage a little bit deeper in group this year. So let me give you 30 seconds. Fill out that form and then I'll be right back. Go ahead and do that. You can keep filling that out. Let me just remind you what God says. When he created humanity, he said, it's not good for us to live life alone. So as a church, we wanna just help connect you with relationships that will help your walk with God, that will help every other relationship that you have. If you're here and you're wondering why your relationships aren't thriving, maybe it's because you're lacking the right ones. Let us help you in that journey. Because Northridge Church is not a church that offers community groups. We are a family of groups. And so we would love to help and serve you in that journey. Let's pray together. Father, thank you. Thank you for people, God. Thank you that we can connect with people and that they can help us grow closer to you. God, I pray that you would build relationships in our church that that grow deep, place that we can be known and cared for, build healthy relationships and apply your word. So I pray for the person who's never been, that they'd be bold enough to go. 
I pray for the person who needs to step up and lead, that they would sense that from your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.